Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast Overtime. On this episode, we are joined by an artist slash marketer who uses the world as his canvas, from paintings to sculptures. Someone who I've been waiting to have on this podcast. Guys, please welcome Mr. Raj Shahani. Hi, Mr. Raj. Before we start, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of your art pieces, and it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Mira. Um, you know, you guys impress me so much. You guys are doing more at your age than I did in. my 50 years so thanks for having me <laughs> thank you uh so just to give our listeners a brief context and general concept of your overall career you know when when we say career i hate to use that as a word i like to say this is life you know what you know what was my life when i started out then what was my life what is my life today and what was it yesterday So I, I look at it as life. You know, we keep moving, we keep evolving, and uh, so I've done a lot of things that I did not want to do because my parents pushed me, society pushed me. I'm, I'm from a different generation. I'm 60 years old, so I, I, you know, I started out at a time when a lot of things were not available to everybody. Plus, I was dyslexic, and it was not recognized at that time. So I was just, you know, termed as difficult. person a difficult child who didn't want to study they didn't recognize that i had uh, disabilities and i had issues so it has been fun uh, now of course it's fun when i look back it was uh, you know a lot of work growing up but if i had to look back i wouldn't change a single thing i'm really happy with my journey i'm really happy where it's taking me wow so as you said i i did read a bit about you on the internet uh what artists slash professionals have you have had a big influence in your life so far has there been anyone you've looked up to or like as an idol in this field because uh, i read where you, uh, when you were boy you were very interested in the french sculptor august rodin uh, and you had gone for one of his exhibitions was there a moment in your life that it was a life moment that you decided that yes this is the road i want to go down see growing up i'm talking of the 60s i grew up in mumbai in the 60s travel was not very easy people didn't travel abroad there wasn't much happening in uh, mumbai and mm. if there was mm. we were sheltered our parents didn't expose us to uh, you know a lot of art at that time right and uh, we were immigrants my parents we are sindhis so we came my parents came down from pakistan so they were all in survival mode they were not interested in um, you know art which was frivolous at that time according to them they were that's why they wanted all the kids and i was you know part of that generation who had to please our parents get stronger as a community so art was never encouraged hmm. when i talk about roda is because when i went to college there was this exhibition of roda in uh, in mumbai which i attended now i didn't even know who the, this guy is some you know let's go and hang out kind of thing <laughs> with my friends and it really impacted me and it spoke to me and i appreciated at a level which uh for a kid who has not been exposed to uh was fantastic and then of course it's it went into the recesses of my mind and it was uh, in my subconscious and now when i start sculpting what i ex- you know experienced 50 years back is coming alive and is speaking a language which uh, you know i did i did not know existed in me so we have to understand that every single thing impacts us even if you don't realize it 
So exposure is great. So I always encourage all the kids, mine and you know anybody I know, is to go get exposed. Even if parents, mm. you know, even if the kids don't like something, just take them, and it will it will stay behind somewhere, and it will manifest itself in some way or the other in life. Right. What do you have to lose, right? There's only you can only gain because even if you, you know, when they're pretended like you're drinking Pepsi and you're bored out of your mind. it will impact you in some manner it will speak to you it will you know it will do good hmm. it cannot do bad hey so if there's a listener out there who's hoping to follow uh, your footsteps of such a, of an artist such as yourself what advice would you give and what values and skills would you expect them to have See, I'm still not used to being called an artist. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I, I I was enjoying what I was doing. I really was having a great time doing what I was doing. And uh, but I decided very early in life that I'm going to retire when I turn fifty. Is because I was never doing anything that I wanted to do. Nothing that would feed my soul. Mm. So when I turned fifty, I gave up whatever I was doing, which was don't get me wrong. It's not like I was miserable or anything like that. And only after I gave up what society wanted from me, what my parents wanted from me, what my, you know, family wanted from me, what my son wanted from me is let us. I let myself free. I let myself lose. So you just have to be on a path. You just have to work hard. You have to commit. You cannot. You know, there's a difference between a hobby and there's a difference between a passion. Hmm. If it's not lighting a fire under your butt. then it is just a hobby if if you don't wake up in the morning and dream when you're sleeping then just a hobby so but whatever you want you should pursue it but only when you're ready uh, half fast pursue is not going to do anything it's going to change you're going to evolve hey yeah so so if there's something you like you really need to you know follow it commit to it yeah. commit to it completely 100% right so from as you said uh, you switched you switched up your career path uh, later on so from advertising and marketing which was with which is what you were in to sculpting we face daily like we face a daily reality such that specialization in a certain specific field of study conveys one's status and regard This makes me wonder why and how did you decide to change your profession and switch it to another lane as if it were like I understand it was your passion and you have to follow it but what is one thing that like fueled you to do this Do you know what life was really like What's the word you use is to specialize life you know when I look back of course hindsight hindsight is always 2020 When I look back, I was specializing myself to what I have become today. I, when I was growing up, because of societal and parental pressure, I did my studies. That I, you know, majored in chemistry in sciences when I got out of school. I've never used it, but since then, I got into advertising. I got into marketing. I got into international marketing. Then I started developing products. I have a bunch of patents under my name in the U.S. So uh, I've been awarded uh, multiple patents, and I was to manufacture. So I, you know, all that hmm. made me who I am. So I did not have the structured education like most people do, which is great. But I did not. But 
you know, I went through sharpening my pencil, sharpening my skills, and now I'm able, able to do what I do. And in a very short time, without uh, going to school to study art, I'm able to express myself, I'm able to emote, I'm able to talk through my art. And, uh, you know, others have started enjoying what I do because I have specialized, because I have, you know, put a shine on what I have become. So I did specialize. This is specialization. Hmm. Could you take us back to when you were our age? Like, how was how were your schooling years? And were, were you always interested in art or did approach you with time? See, when I was in school, uh, I'm talking, you know, when I was in the eighth grade, we, at that time, we had an option of taking whichever subject we wanted, an, an additional subject, which right. could be commerce, which could be art, which could be pottery, sewing, you know, any, anything you wanted. And of course, I was excited and I'm like, okay, let's do art. And my then headmistress in school called my parents and said, this is a boy, he's you know always doodling, he's always doing art, he doesn't want to study. And uh, we really worried that he's going to you know, be a loser in life. And my parents joined hands with my school and took away all my art supplies and made sure that I had nothing around me that would allow me to make art. So it had to go back into the recesses of my mind because it wouldn't allow me. And they, they didn't recognize that I was dyslexic. They just recognized me as a difficult child who didn't want to study. And I got punished every single day of my life. So it, it was really hard. But uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I, I, mm. I came out stronger and I had, uh, you know, I, I'll make it kind of attitude in what I want. And they made me do science and I rebelled and went into advertising and marketing. I, you know, I worked with uh, Victor Company of Japan in Japan. And then I worked with, I had the accounts for Philips and I, was, I spent a lot of time in Holland and Eindhoven. So, you know, I did rebel and I did do things that I want to eventually, but it took, it, it took longer. If I had the support of the system, I would have achieved this much earlier in life. Right. So the parents, if, if there are any parents listening, they have to understand that letting your child do what they want is easier and much better than uh, stopping them. It's, it's going to come out. It's going to, it, it is going to shine and it's going to come through, but it'll just take longer. Hmm. So as you said, uh, taking it, taking the conversation a bit back, uh, when they took your art supplies, uh, they took away uh, anything that you could do art from. And I know it's broad, but what is art to you? Like, what does it mean? How important has it been in your life so far? Many people look at it as a therapy or as a way to express themselves or just to feel happy. What is your take on it? It is who I am. It is, it is the fire under my butt. I mean, it's like, it's who, it's completely who I am. It's not therapy. Mm. It's not, that's what I said. It's not something that, um, you know, I enjoy. This is me. This is my life. This is how I express myself. This is why I wake up in the morning. That is what uh, art is to me. It's, 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 it's like breathing. If I, you know, art is a broad word, but I'm just saying, you know, expressing myself in the manner which I do mm. through uh, my works is who I am, is what makes me wake up, what keeps me up in the night and what makes me dream. So it's a part of you. That It's, it's a passion. It's, it's really a passion. Yeah. But throughout the course of lockdown, while people decided to take a step back and absorb that day-to-day happening, what was your experience in terms of this isolated time to work on your craft? You know, 
it, it was trying because I sculpt and I sculpt big sizes and uh, it's a lot of physical work. It's, you know, if I painted, it would be easy. I could just, you know, get myself in a room and paint. But what I do is sculpt, which is, uh, me, I need help. It's, it's, it's a physical thing. I will tire myself out at the end of the day and I, you know, if I'm spending my time cleaning my studio and setting up my armatures and setting up the mechanical things that are required for sculpting. Mm. So I, it, it, it put me back. I couldn't do it. So instead of, you know, crying about it, I decided that I'm going to start learning metal work, which will help me in my sculpture. So my craft is getting better. My art is not getting better. My craft is getting better. I'm, I'm you know, I'm uh, learning new things. So when I start, when COVID gets over, when I come back, I will have way more resources in my own pocket and I will not have to depend on other people because yeah. metal work is something I didn't do that was very technical that you have to learn in school. And, you know, I kept myself going. I, I tried to do everything that was possible that would enhance my, uh, you know, what I do and how I express myself. Hmm. So along the lines of that, what was the first time you published one of your art pieces? Like what was the first time you put it out for display? Could you take us back to your initial experience and first ever try at it like a professional try? What did you feel? Could you craft this picture for us? See, I never thought I'd, I'll be a sculptor or I'll be any, any, any such thing. But when I did make my first sculpture, which was by default, I mean, I didn't realize I was doing that. Right. But when I made my first sculpture, I liked it very much. It made me happy. I just, you know, made a kind of video. You when you make something, you want to frame it and keep it. My sculpture, I got it cast in fiberglass and brought it home, and everybody liked it. And then I continued making a lot of them, and every time when people would come and talk to me and want to see it, I'd be kind of embarrassed because this is like bearing your insides out to people and letting them mm. see, you know, how I think, what I do. Right. It wasn't easy. And then when people told me that I should have an exhibition, I was like, I cannot believe that people want want to see, you know, how I think, what I do. So it's, it, it came up very organically. I never decided to show anything to anybody. But it took a lot of talking me into it. And, mm. uh, you know, finally I did give it. But what I do and what I create is completely for me and my pleasure that other people like it that other people react to it is uh, really surprising and uh, you know makes me happy at, at a different level so yeah mm -hmm. i don't think i'm a commercial artist i think i'm just having a great time and i have other people who are joining my journey <laughs> right speaking of one of your projects uh, tell us about one of your uh, like important works that I've seen. Uh, it's called Jayanti, which is a 17-foot monolith situated in Himanshal Pradesh. Both the sculptures and the location, a place famed for its Buddhist spirituality, are intriguing. What inspired you to do this? It, it, it was very organic. I never intended to uh, make that sculpture and I never worked in that medium. But when I, I happened to be, you know, sometimes they say you're at the right place at the right time. I happen to be in meetings where uh, the hotel, uh, you know, the people who are leading the hotel and the architect and the interior designer happened to be. And I was part of the discussion. And they were thinking of what they should do at the entrance of the hotel, which would be very impressive. 
And, you know, they wanted a sculpture over there. And when I looked at that place, it is so spiritual. It is so beautiful. And, uh, you know, anything that you would put over there would disturb the disturb nature, disturb that location. And I kept thinking of it. And I said, you know, you cannot put anything that is better than nature, right. better than what that location is. Because that is such a fantastic location. I mean, to have a hotel over there, it's like you have a temple over there. And so I said, the only thing that we can think of is to create something that will reflect this experience, reflect this energy, and give it back. And uh, the people who own the hotel, their wife was there, and she came up with uh, spiritual sayings that she could put on those things. And everything was just adding up, and it became so special that... Uh, you know, it, it's giving back more than it's taking in. Mm. So it's, it's it's just it's 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 an experience. It's not a sculpture. I I hate to call it anything other than that. It's a visual experience. When people come into that space, they feel the energy. They feel the space. So yes, that's how things come up. Is you know, everything comes together when something great is created. Mm. What helps you stimulate your creativity for your pieces of art? Like many artists have a sort of method approach where they put themselves in situations such as being isolated or even changing the entire surroundings. What is your approach? My approach is throwing myself in, in, you know, in different places and different things and every day. I mean, you know, I like anything that creates. I like to garden. I, I mean, you know, when I walk anywhere, when I move anything, my experiences, my, you know, will... Uh, charge me into doing different things right so uh, i don't need to isolate myself i don't need to think about it this is who i am and you know just like i breathe i have now started i always did believe in creating but now i've started uh, giving it shape and uh, you know it's 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 fantastic i wish i'd started and done this earlier <laughs> so uh, could you talk about your most interesting project so far? What you find found the most appealing? What has been something that uh, that when someone brings up your pieces of art or your experiences that you, as you would call it, what's the first project that hits your mind? Okay, so I'll tell you. I had my first exhibition at Jahangir Art Gallery, yeah. and I had twenty-seven pieces over there, and I was fairly shy i was like okay i'm you know this is i'm showing my insides out and you know everybody will come there and get to comment and get to you know hmm. like it dislike it this is good this is bad or even you know don't it might not touch them it might not affect them so it was it's very you know difficult but i had that exhibition while i was at the exhibition there's this really old man who walked in and he looked at everything and then, you know, he walked up to me and he said, do you know who the artist is? So I said, yes, uh, how can I help you? And he said, no, I want to know who the artist is. I said, I'm the artist. He said, how do you create this? So he reached out and he said, let me see your hand. I thought, you know, he was going to say something. He took my hands and he kissed my hand and he said, I'm blessed to meet the person and the hands that created this and he had a tear in his eye oh and I cried and he cried and it was such an emotional moment for you know changed my life hmm. and it made me happy that I'm doing something that 
connects to people at a level and makes them react like that. Now that man was not, he didn't have enough money in his pocket to afford any of the pieces, but he impacted me more than any of the people who actually bought the pieces. He spoke to me in a language, in an emotion that uh, changed my perspective of why I create art. Wow. That was a, that was one moment that has stuck with me for a long time. So what have been the challenge? What do you consider the challenges of your career or like the hardest job? I mean, there's no challenge. Challenges if you're doing things that you don't want to do. I've never done anything I did not want to do. I have compromised. Uh, there have been compromises, but there have never been challenges. I have, you know, once I decide that I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it my 100%. So, um, and then, and, and make it work and make it happen and win. I always believe that you have to play to win. And uh, nowadays people are of the opinion that you can you know, just play. That's important. And, you know, participation is important. I say, no, I'd like to say that winning is important. You have to, if you don't try to win, don't play. Don't play for the sake of playing. So whenever I've done anything, I may have made compromises, but I have made sure that once I said yes, I'm going to do my damn best to win in whatever I'm doing. And that's been my, um, you know, motto is play to win. Right. So what do you think is, um, what do you think is the perk, some perks that uh, come from your job, something that you feel that in the career that you are in right now, there's something that no one else would be able to uh, get? Oh, well, getting up in the morning and, saying how blessed I am, you know, waking up with a smile, that's a perk. That is like, I don't get up like, damn, it's Monday today and I have to (laughs) work. I don't have that. So I have the perk of, I mean, I'm making a joke of it, but uh, the perk is, you know, loving yourself. The perk is, you know, flying, you know, so, you know, the birds can fly. So that's a perk. So I, you know, I can get up in the morning and I know that I'm going to fly with, whatever is in my head, whatever mm. is my idea. That is that's the biggest part. That's the biggest blessing. Right. So I wanted to ask you a very deep question. What would you li- like to be doing with your art from ten, in 10 years from now? I don't know what that art will be. I don't know whether it will be physical, whether it will be spiritual, it will be emotional. Will I just become a gardener? Will I just have a garden that I tend to? Because art is in so many different forms. I don't know what I will evolve into. I'm not uh, doing this with a goal in mind. Right. I'm doing this because I'm enjoying right now and I'm going to live for today. And if at the end of 10 years, I'm just a Mali in one small garden and I'm counting leaves and, you know, <laughs> painting flowers, then that's what I'll be doing. So I'm, I don't have a goal. I have a journey, but there's no goal. Right. So what is your artistic outlook on life? Don't have targets. I mean, that that's something you do in the office. That's something you do in school. You just get on, get on, and you know, once one foot at a time. You know, and and just get on your journey and just do it and enjoy it. Don't let any other forces decide what you should do. You know, in school you have to give exams. In in an office you have to have targets and you have to have to achieve that. But when you are dancing, like nobody is watching then you just enjoy so i'm you know that's what i want to do i just want to be i want to go ahead every day and uh, 
live life to the fullest. Not how it's written in books, but how it is for me. You know, my life is different. My the goals are, you know, not anymore that determine what I should do. Right. So just be and enjoy and completely commit to what you're doing. You know, light a fire under yourself and be like, okay, if I don't do it, I will die. And then, then you will get the fulfillment that you want. Okay, uh, I think are you? I think we've taken up much of your time. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week's podcast, Mr. Raj. I really appreciate you coming on our podcast and sharing so much. You have for sure changed some of the viewer minds. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you tune in next week's podcast. It's been Mirhan and Ishan. We'll see you guys later. Bye.